G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out it's important to have thankful hearts, an attitude of gratitude towards the Lord, but also allow that thankfulness to express itself. Verbalize your thanksgiving. Say, thank you, Lord. You know, we're so quick to go to God when we have a problem. And thankfully, He welcomes us in prayer. Oh, Lord, help me with this. Oh, Lord, intervene over here. Oh, Lord, step in here. And He answers our prayer. Fine, good. Now, give thanks. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. We've all had those unfortunate moments when we've said something we shouldn't have. It's a regrettable mistake. But today on A New Beginning, we'll see that there are also times when we should have said something and we didn't. We'll focus on the importance of expressing our thanks to God for His goodness. And we'll see that there's a lot more to this issue than just good manners. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out it's a pathway to a closer and more rewarding relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is almost here. And I love Thanksgiving for a number of reasons. There's not all the pressure with all of the presents. I was talking to my granddaughter Stella a while ago and I said, Stella, what is your favorite holiday of the year? I thought she'd say Christmas. Thanksgiving, she said. Thanksgiving. Even more than Christmas, yes. I said, why? She gave me a one word answer. Food. Yeah. (laughs) That makes sense. Food. Food's a good thing, right? Now, I don't know how your Thanksgiving meal looks. We, of course, have turkey. We have uh, sweet potatoes with melted marshmallows on them. We have string beans with sliced almonds. Uh, We have cornbread stuffing. We have mashed potatoes, gravy. Gravy's good on everything. Just, you can never have too much gravy. And of course, I think it's a law now. We have pumpkin pie. So it's a great time. And you know, I think all of us collectively overeat on Thanksgiving, right? You know you've overeaten on Thanksgiving when your weight would be perfect for a man who is 17 feet tall. So right, that's a, you know you've had too much to eat on Thanksgiving when you decide to take a little nap and you wake up in mid-July. You know you had too much to eat for Thanksgiving when getting off your couch requires help from the fire department. (laughs) Or you know you've had too much to eat when you get on the escalator and it comes to a grinding halt. Uh, You know you've had too much to eat on Thanksgiving when you're sweating gravy. Okay, that's gross, isn't it? But, (laughs) so don't let that happen to you. But Thanksgiving is a holiday in our nation where we give thanks to God for His blessing But as I said earlier, for the Christian, every day should be thanksgiving. 
There are, minus the turkey, and there are so many verses in the Bible that encourage us and urge us and command us to give thanks to God. I think of 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. Sometimes people say, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. I know one thing that's a will of God. He commands you to give thanks, and notice it says, in everything give thanks. Sometimes it's easier to give thanks than others, isn't it? The birth of a baby, uh, but it's not as easy to give thanks when there is the passing of a loved one. It's easy to give thanks when your health is good and the lights are green and the sky is blue and the bills are paid. It's not as easy to give thanks when you're having poor health or you're having problems in other areas of your life. But the key is the Bible says we should give thanks regardless of what is happening because Psalm 106 says, Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Now listen, if God ceases to be good, you no longer need to give thanks. But of course God will always be good. Therefore you should always give thanks. The Bible says in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. And by the way, when Paul wrote that, he was not kicking back in some beach eating a falafel. <laughs> Paul was in prison. And yet in prison he is saying rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. I mean think about poor Job. And one day he basically lost everything including his seven sons and his three daughters. It's really unimaginable. And yet we read that Job gave thanks Job 121 says, Job spoke to the Lord and said, Naked came I from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return there. The Lord gives, the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So what we need is an attitude of gratitude. And if you have this attitude of gratitude, it will change everything about your life. It'll change your emotions. It will change the way that you feel. It will actually make you a healthier person. You know, a lot of interesting research has been done on the topic of gratitude. And uh, experts have noted that people who are thankful have better health than people who are not. One expert said, and I quote, the expression of gratitude is a kind of meta strategy for achieving happiness, end quote. Isn't that interesting? An attitude of giving thanks. Uh, Robert Emmons, a PhD, expert on the subject of gratitude made this statement, quote, gratitude reduces toxic emotions ranging from envy and frustration and it reduces depression and actually increases happiness, end quote. Bottom line, thankful people are happy people. So this is something we need to be very intentional about. In fact, Gratitude and giving thanks can actually change your mood. And you might just start with smiling. Did you know that it takes 17 muscles to smile and 43 muscles to frown? And experts have found that smiling triggers mood-boosting neurotransmitters including endorphins, serotonin, and dopamine. How about that? So let's all practice, because you're not smiling, sir. Um, let's all smile on the count of three. One, two, three, go. Hey, I gotta get a picture of this. The smile, hold it, hold it, hold it. 
Now look at the person next to you and smile. It's a really awkward moment. Oh, weird, weird, weird. Smile, smile. Keep smiling. A <laughs> little bit more. Just a little more. Very good. That's actually good for you in every way to just simply smile. So here's what the Bible says. It says that we should give thanks to Him regardless of our circumstances because sometimes thanksgiving is an act of sacrifice. The Bible actually talks about offering the sacrifice of praise, giving thanks to the Lord with the fruit of our lips. That's interesting. So it's not just do it when you feel like it because you don't always feel like it. Do it because God is good. But then do it with the fruit of your lips. In other words, verbalize your thanksgiving. Say, thank you, Lord. You know, we're so quick to go to God when we have a problem. And thankfully, He welcomes us in prayer. Oh, Lord, help me with this. Oh, Lord, intervene over here. Oh, Lord, step in here. And He answers our prayer. Fine, good. Now, give thanks. Lord, that was not a coincidence. That was your blessing. That was your provision. Thank you, Lord. So if you're taking notes, here's a few takeaway points that we're gonna look at the book of Acts. Number one, to give thanks as a Christian, I must first realize that God is in control of my life. To give thanks as a Christian, I must first realize that God is in control of my life. God's in control, not us. <laughs> Sometimes we think we're running the show. No, God is ultimately. Proverbs 16 verse nine says, we can make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. Jeremiah 10.23 says, I know, Lord, that a person's life is not his own. No one is able to plan his own course. And that's true. God is sovereign. And what does it mean when we say God is sovereign? It means that God is able to do what he pleases with whomever he chooses whenever he wishes. Let me say that again. God is able to do what he pleases with whomever he chooses whenever he wishes. Psalm 115.3 says, our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. So number one, to give thanks, I must first realize God is in control of my life. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Today, Pastor Greg is offering some important insights on thankfulness. First, to give thanks as a Christian, we must realize God is in control of our lives. Let's continue. Number two, to give thanks, I must realize that He loves me and is always looking out for my eternal benefit. Now that's an important distinction because I can accept the fact God's in control and God is sovereign, but if I perceive that God is harsh or angry or vengeful, that's kind of a scary thought. Wow, that's really powerful God who makes all the ultimate decisions is, is not really happy with me. No, understand this. That same God who is in control and is sovereign, He loves you and He's looking out for my eternal benefit, even if what I'm presently going through is difficult. Second Corinthians 4, 17. Paul writes and says, our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So don't look at the troubles you see right now. Rather look forward to what you have not yet seen. For the troubles you see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. It can be summed up 
in a biscuit. How many of you like biscuits? Raise your hand. You love biscuits. I just love biscuits. <laughs> love them. And uh, this goes back to my childhood. I've told you before. My grandmother, uh, Stella, and my grandfather, Charles, we called them Mama Stella, Daddy Charles. And Mama Stella was an incredible cook, chef, really. She made everything from scratch, and we would have that great Southern cooking uh, every night, you know, fresh fried chicken and collard greens and okra and black-eyed peas. And, and, uh, but her crowning achievement, of course, was her biscuit. And as Mama Stella was getting on in years, I, I had Kathy, who's an amazing chef. If you follow me on Instagram, uh, you know the amazing food I eat all the time. But uh, check it out. But anyway, so Kathy, who's an amazing chef, I said to Kathy, you've got to watch Mama Stella make the biscuit. No one makes a biscuit like her. And, and the ingredients were so incredibly simple. I mean, really, all it was was vegetable oil, self-rising flour, and buttermilk. None of those ingredients are appealing on their own. Are you gonna have a glass of vegetable oil? I'm gonna eat a little self-rising flour. No, no, you won't. And some people like buttermilk. How many of you like buttermilk? Crazy. I don't like buttermilk, but I sure like it when it's used to produce a biscuit. So she takes all of these elements, mixes them together in expert hands, and put them in a very hot oven. And the result is something that we all agreed was good. In the same way God takes all of the events of our life, the good things, the so-called bad things and mixes them together and then puts them in an oven of adversity. And when it comes out, ultimately we say, it is good. So we have to be patient with the Lord. One final point, to give thanks. I must realize that God is far wiser than I am. He's far wiser. Again, he's looking out for the eternal good. He's looking at the big picture. Let's use the example of going to the dentist. Who likes to go to the dentist? But it's important, isn't it? So you go to the dentist, and I just went the other day, and they do a teeth cleaning, and you know, they're looking around, and, and then sometimes she may, or whoever's cleaning her teeth may say, doctor, come in here, and I don't like it when they say that, because that means trouble, and that means a lot of things. That means expense, and it probably means some amount of pain, uh, and the drills, oh, the drills. I can't stand the drills. They bring out those drills, and then the misery begins. But, but it's better than the alternative, right? Maybe I have a cavity, and I need to get the cavity filled. Far better than having something worse happen. So we don't enjoy it at the time, but the ultimate result is good. So now we're gonna shift gears, and we're gonna look at a story in the Bible in Acts chapter 16. This is an example of two men who saw the good despite the bad. They saw God in the darkest of places. And those two men were Paul and Silas. So let's read a passage together. But first I want you to do something. Smile again. Smile. <laughs> it's good to smile. Now stop. You're doing it too long. Because it can get weird really fast. All right. Acts chapter 16. I'm gonna read a few verses from the New Living Translation. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. This is speaking of Paul and Silas. 
The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so he took no chances and put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the prison was shaken at its foundations, and the doors flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself, and Paul shouted to him, Don't do it. We're still here. Trembling with fear, the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with your entire household. Then they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. And the same hour the jailer washed their wounds and he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. And he brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household believed and they all believed in God. We'll stop there. What a great story this is. You want to talk about tough circumstances. But how things can turn around so quickly. Why was this jailer changed so quickly? Because he saw two men that were willing to bring a sacrifice of praise to God regardless of their circumstances. At nighttime, in the inner part of the dungeon, this is a, a torture chamber. They, they are chained up in the worst conditions imaginable. And at the midnight hour, they start singing praises to God. We all know what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night and be gripped by panic or fear or anxiety. And, uh, and that's the moment when we turn our troubles over to the Lord. Pastor Greg Laurie sharing a practical example of seeing the good inside the bad as we look at Acts chapter 16. Join us next time for a new beginning as Pastor Greg offers more practical encouragement about thankfulness and praise in the midst of busy, challenging lives. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Thankful People Are Happy People. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.